Okay, we want to continue our study in the New Covenant. And I want to go today to Hebrews in chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> Hebrews is one of the books which speaks a lot about the difference between the Old and the New Covenants. And in Hebrews 4, it speaks about the real meaning of the Sabbath. Um, for example, verse 1, Let us fear, while a promise remains of entering his rest, any of you may seem to come short of it. And it goes on to say in verse 9, There is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now this is different from the Old Covenant. In the Old Covenant, it was very easy to keep the Sabbath. You just stopped working for the seventh day of the week and didn't do anything. You wouldn't even cook food. You're not even supposed to pick up sticks from outside. So you just stopped working. And But that had a meaning. Everything in the Old Testament had a meaning, you know, like the high priest and the temple and the sacrifices. Everything had a meaning. Circumcision had a meaning. The Sabbath had a meaning. And uh, if you read the Old Testament... Many times, God condemned Israel through the prophets for not keeping the Sabbath. It is a very serious thing. In fact, in the book of uh, the Exodus or Numbers, it says about a man who went picking up sticks on the Sabbath day and he was killed. God said he must be stoned to death. He just went out to pick up sticks. And... Uh, you read in the book of Second uh, Chronicles that the reason why the Israelites were sent into captivity for 70 years, there was a reason. There was a period of 490 years before that when God had said that every seventh year you must not plow the land. Give the land a Sabbath for a whole year and you don't have to worry because in the sixth year I'll give you enough to last you for two years. And they just ignored it. They got plant the double in the sixth year, but they still plowed the land in the seventh year. And so for 490 years they disobeyed God and God said, okay, I'm going to catch up with you. And all those 70 years which you plowed the land in order to get greedily, get more for yourself, you're going to go to Babylon and 70 years the land will lie without being plowed. So it is a very serious sin. In fact, they went into captivity because they didn't keep the Sabbath. There were different Sabbaths. You know, yearly Sabbath, the seven yearly Sabbath, the seven day Sabbath. So the Sabbath is a very important thing in the Old Testament, but it is an external ritual. In fact, the Pharisees criticized Jesus for not keeping the Sabbath. They said, we're not supposed to work. How do you ask a man 
to carry his bed on the Sabbath day. I mean, they were not excited that the man was healed. They were more concerned that he was carrying his bed on the Sabbath day. And they, he had been lying there for 39 years without being able to walk. And instead of being excited that he was healed, they were concerned about that. And uh, the reason Jesus was killed was not because he preached about loving your neighbor and washing people's feet. No, it's because he exposed the legalistic obedience to tradition that the Pharisees had. He showed the hollowness of their traditions. So he was killed because these traditions were, the false traditions were being exposed, and the Pharisees were trying to keep the letter of the law. And the letter kills. So in the New Covenant also, it's possible for us to keep a letter of the New Covenant, which will also kill. We need to understand what this Sabbath is. The Sabbath is a picture of rest. And there remains a Sabbath for the rest, uh, for the people of God. And the verse 4 says, God rested on the seventh day from all his works. That's the other thing you've got to bear in mind. So we go back to the beginning of Genesis chapter 1 and 2, where to try and understand something here about this new covenant Sabbath, which is different from the old covenant Sabbath. And we read here that in six days, you know, that God created, not created, but re he, made the, he created the heaven and earth in a moment. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Just a moment, he created the heaven and earth. But the earth became corrupt and was spoiled because of Satan's fall. And so God remade the earth in six days. In fact, there are many people who teach that God created the earth in six days, you'll never find that verse anywhere in scripture. That's a false teaching. God created the earth, Genesis 1-1, in a moment. If you don't believe me, look up a concordance and you'll always see it says God made the earth in six days, not created. Made means made from existing material. Created means from nothing. It's very important to read scripture carefully. So all these people who call themselves creationists who created the earth in six days, I say, I don't believe that. I believe God created the earth in a moment, like it says in Genesis 1 verse 1. When it was corrupted, he remade. And in the Hebrew language and even in English, there's a difference between created and made. And you can see that distinction. If you read Genesis 1 carefully, things he created and things he made. I mean, people who don't respect Scripture as the Word of God read casually and think it all means the same thing. If you want to know the Scriptures well, read carefully, slowly, take every word seriously. So God remade the heaven and earth in six days. And it says here in this, the sixth day He made man. And that was to the latter part of the sixth day, because the first part of the sixth day He made all the animals. And then the seventh day, it says in Genesis 2, verse 2, he rested. And that's what was called the Sabbath. And for Adam, that was the very first day. It was not a seventh day for Adam. That's the important thing to understand. So under the law, the command under the law was six days you will work 
and the seventh day you will rest. That was the law of, in the Old Testament. It's one of the commandments to keep the Sabbath, one of the Ten Commandments. But for Adam, the law was different. The rule, rather. The first day you will rest, and then you will work for six days. See, that's how it is in the New Covenant. And the old, you understand the difference? The Old Covenant, it was six days you work, and the seventh day you rest. For Adam, it was the first day you rest. Because his very first day was the day God rested. And so it was. God was saying, listen, Adam, the work in the garden can wait. That's, I didn't create you to be a gardener. Very important to understand that. I created you to have fellowship with me. I made you like me so that you can have fellowship with me. And the most important thing you need to learn is not to go out and work for me. The most important thing you need to learn the very first day of your life is to worship me and fellowship with me. And from there, you go out in six days and work for me. And that's a principle in the new covenant, fundamentally opposite of the old covenant where you work six days and rest the seventh day. Now, we may think you understand that, but we don't. Because what that means is that I have understood as a principle in my life that I cannot serve God if I have not learned to worship Him first. I must learn my first thing in life is to fellowship with God and worship Him. Then go out and serve Him. In the Old Covenant, they did not understand that. And the other thing we read in Exodus in chapter 31, God explains as to why He commanded the sixth day to be, the seventh day to be kept. In Exodus in chapter 31 he said the sons were 16 or verse 15 you can say for six days you shall work the seventh day is to be a sabbath of complete rest holy to the lord and whoever does any work in that day will be put to death it was very serious so the sons of israel shall observe the sabbath to celebrate the sabbath verse 16 and now listen to this the Sabbath is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and the seventh day he ceased from working. Working is a picture of the law. You work and work and work and work and work and try to become holy. And that's not the way to be holy. Let me show you another verse in Exodus. No, first of all, right here in Ezekiel 31 and verse 12, uh, sorry, verse 13. <clears throat> you shall surely observe my Sabbath, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know one thing. What was it that they were supposed to learn through the Sabbath? Let me paraphrase it, that you cannot make yourself holy. I am the Lord who makes you holy. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So the purpose of the Sabbath was to teach them, it's not by working that you become holy. It's not six days you work. No, you fellowship with me, worship me, I will make you holy. Then you can go out and serve me. It's a very simple principle, but 
I don't think most Christians have understood it. The Sabbath was given so that you may know, verse 13, that I am the one who sanctifies you or makes you holy. I am the one who will separate you from sin. I am the one who will separate you from the world, for that is what sanctification means. So going back to what happened in Genesis 1, it's like saying, Adam, you know what was the condition of this world when, I mean, six days before you were created at the beginning, it was chaos. We read in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 that the earth was without form and empty and dark. And it's like asking Adam, do you think you could have taken that empty, dark, shapeless world and made it into the beautiful world that I made it? Do you think, Adam, you could do it? No. And if you can't do that, you're not going to make yourself holy also because your life is exactly like described in Genesis 1 verse 2. Genesis 1 verse 2 is a very important verse to describe not only the condition of the world, world at that time, but about our condition. See what it says. When Satan fell, and that's described later on, that's what happened between verse 1 and 2, the earth became without shape, number one, empty and dark. Without shape, empty and dark. And in six days it may became the beautiful earth that we see today. Sun, moon, stars, animals, fish, trees, vegetation, everything. And it's as it were God was asking him, Adam, do you think you could do that? With any amount of labor, effort? No, you could never do it. I did it. And I want you to learn that I'm the one who takes your shapeless, empty, dark life and makes it beautiful. We also have lost our shape. We were made in the image of God and we've lost it. We were supposed to have the light of God in us. We've lost it. It's become, we've become dark. And we were supposed to have the fullness of the Spirit in us and we become empty. And what the Lord is trying to teach them is, you cannot make yourself what I want you to be. Now, how does this apply to us in the New Covenant? Because even those who have understood the New Covenant, even in our churches, they think the way to become holy is, I judge myself every day, I confess my sin immediately, I keep my conscience clear, make 25 more laws like that, and you'll be holy. And the Lord says, no, you haven't understood the Sabbath. I am the one who's going to make you holy. And you become holy not by following a new set of laws. The old laws was uh, keep the Sabbath and don't commit adultery. And the new law is judge yourself every day and be quick to ask forgiveness and keep your conscience clean. You can make another set of Ten Commandments. You will not make yourself holy. We become holy by God giving us His nature. The most wonderful promise in the New Testament is... What it says in Second Peter in chapter one, Second Peter chapter one, and verse four, it speaks of all the promises of God as precious and magnificent promises, and the purpose of all these promises, Second Peter one four, is to teach us it is the Lord who sanctifies us. That is, we can partake of His nature. Now you know the difference between nature doing something in the right way and you're struggling to do that in the right way. It's like, I use the illustration of a pig and a cat. 
You train a pig never to be dirty. Train it, train it, train it. I mean, there are people who train animals to do all types of things. So you train this dirty pig whose nature is to be dirty, to be clean and to stay away from uh, dirt. But it's going to be a terrific strain for that pig to be like because it's not nature. It's a struggle, it's a struggle, it's a struggle. And every now and then it'll go to the dirt. But you, when it's a cat, for example, you don't have to train it. It's just nature. It just avoids dirt altogether. This is the illustration I use. It's not a perfect illustration. But it's some, it shows something of how many people are trying to be holy. And the next time you think that by your effort and all the rules you heard here in CFC, you're going to be holy, think of the condition of the earth on the, before the first day and see whether you can make that earth into the beautiful earth it was. You can't. Adam, can you do it? No, you can't. Well, you can't make yourself holy either. I, you keep the Sabbath to learn one lesson that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. It's a very, very important lesson. And to enter into the Sabbath rest, turn back to Hebrews 4 now. Hebrews chapter 4. And you'll understand it's the same thing which is said here. Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Verse 10, Hebrews 4.10, the one who has entered into Sabbath, into the new covenant Sabbath, is the one who stopped working, just like God did from his. That means I've stopped working to make myself holy. I realize that God was going to give me his nature, and I respond to that nature, which is very different from me gritting my teeth, and saying, I'm going to judge myself and I'm going to be holy. And it's when I enter into God's rest that I find my mind is also free from anxiety and fear and tension and things like that. For example, let me use an example. How do, how do you keep yourself from anxiety? Let me ask you. You can say, well, I convince myself that God knows everything. He's make everything work for my good. He will not allow me to be tempted beyond my ability. But what about the first 30 years before the scripture was written? How did people keep themselves from anxiety then? These verses were not there. And for 1400 years, people didn't have a Bible. How did they keep themselves when they don't even know these verses? That is not the primary. It's good to know these verses. But how did Jesus remain at rest? Was he trying to remember some verse? Oh yeah, that verse. Therefore, I can be at rest. No, it was nature. There's a lot of difference between trying to remember a verse, and we may forget it also, and nature, which keeps me at rest. So, how does this come? Well, it says in Hebrews 4.1, uh, let us strive to enter, uh, sorry, not Hebrews 4.1, let us strive to enter into that rest, lest we come short of it by unbelief. Verse, it says here, some have entered in, tried to enter in, verse 6, that they could not enter in. Verse 11, let us be diligent, work hard to enter into that rest. So, I must seek to come into that life where I have, when nature has taken over, in the beginning, it is a struggle. I believe that all Christians who are pursuing holiness begin under the law. 
And they try to keep the new covenant commandments according to the law, trying to remember a verse and try to do this and deny myself. I've got to do all these things. And then gradually they realize it's, they're still imperfect. They say, Lord, I want, you, I want to know the secret of you sanctifying me. I want to come to rest. It doesn't mean I don't do anything. But I think I'll explain it in Philippians chapter 2. And um, if you don't understand this with your mind, let me comfort you by saying you're not supposed to understand it with your mind. It's something you understand in your spirit. That's why God reveals himself to us. Philippians 2, it says here in verse 13, It is God who is at work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Because God is at work in you, verse 12, the last part, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So it's not that I do nothing, but I take his yoke upon me and learn from him. And that is how we enter into this rest. I'm sure it's confused you. It's meant to confuse you so that you seek the Lord and say, Lord, give me revelation on this, not just an understanding in my head. We'll think about it more in the next session.